Hey guys, uh, so you know, you know how uh, you guys usually do most of the hot takes and the, the weekly roundups and stuff. I was wondering if uh, maybe I could have a shot at it this week. All right, you know what, Shell? Our intros—they usually run about thirty seconds. Ten are gone. Twenty seconds. Give us your best take. Go. Stick to the intros, Josh. All right, let's get started. What's up, everyone? Steve here, along with Lucky and Greg. Welcome to the Game Time Decision Podcast, and thanks for joining us for our third podcast. If you want, you can follow us on Twitter at GTimeDecision to keep up to date with the latest sports news and hot takes. First off, we'll start with our weekly roundup. The NBA Finals capped off last week with the Cleveland Cavaliers pulling it off against the Warriors. Greg, how do you feel about this? Believe land. At it again. Lake Erie Monsters, and now the Cleveland Cavaliers. Two championships in one week. And uh, the city of Cleveland is unstoppable. The Indians leading the division, looking pretty good. That's a lot of pressure on the Browns' shoulders. We, uh, you know, we put some hate on Cleveland on the last pod. They are now on top of the sporting world. I really think they did this just to prove us wrong. They heard us talking badly about them, and they thought we'll show them. I think Jr. is a listener. Gotta love him. You bet he is. Yeah. Um, Shumpert. Shumpert's probably a listener, too. Lil' Kev. For people who don't know, Lil' Kev is a Snapchat invention of Richard Jefferson. He found a Tommy Bahama model who looked exactly the same as Kevin Love and has been carrying the magazine cutout with him for the entire finals. Yeah, yeah I think Kevin Love doesn't watch us. Jefferson, though, he, he, he listens. Yeah, he, he's a real for-the-people kind of guy. Deli. He listens. Kevin Love, though, one of the only guys who showed up to the parade looking like, you know, he wanted to look nice for the parade. Well, he showed up to the parade. He sure didn't show up in the games. Yeah, but every, everyone else at the parade, like, tarps off, sweatpants, you know, at least LeBron Sorry, do you, do you, you have a problem with JR not wearing a shirt, Greg? No, JR, they... It's... It's like... It's a pretty big This is the summer of JR. You win a championship. Do you not go out to the parade in your nicest clothes? I go out wearing whatever I want because the city's going to cheer me on either way. I try to look as cool as possible in that situation. <laughs> I wear my nicest clothes. I mean, obviously suiting to the weather. 1.3 million people cheering your name. I'd probably take my shirt off too. <laughs> Wave it around. Maybe throw it in the crowd. Give some fans something to think about. Bring back the dad bod. The unfortunate thing. Oh, the dad bod is still in full effect. <laughs> Don't ever forget. The unfortunate thing, Timothy Mozgov, in the club celebrating with the team, had to wear his own jersey just so girls would recognize who he was. Hey, um, you know, he got the ring. Didn't work out so hot for him after, you know, last year. He was a pretty key member of the team. But... He's got a championship now. He can just he can front to people that, you know, his minutes from last year, his final stats, you know, the DMPs, forget about them. His final stats are pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really contribute that much, but he did all right for what was asked of him. Now, the real unsung move that I think pushed the Cavaliers over the top this year, 
the Anderson Bergeau trade. You know, you can talk all you want about how Kyrie and Kevin Love were out of last year's finals and LeBron had to do it all himself. And sure, they helped with the win this year. Kevin Love, not so much. But getting rid of that dead weight in Bergeau, that's really what pushed them over the top. Well, and they put him on their op- opposing team. The opposition. There you go. That's, took on the dead that's weight. a sneaky good move. Yeah. Because they weighed the Warriors down at the same time. And, you know, I think all the talk was, oh, Draymond Green misses a game. Warriors are done. How about Bogut? They lost every game because Bogut's out. Yeah, Bogut. MVP. Yeah, the <laughs> could have been. Who knows what happens if he stays healthy. Honestly, if the Warriors won that, LeBron, if he's not MVP, it could have been Bogut. A little Jerry West action. It, it could have been James Michael McAdoo for all we know because no one on their team, you know, Curry, Thompson, they were okay. No one, no one really excelled for that team. No one stepped up. Draymond Green tried to, but it was a little late in Game 7. Did you hear about Verjao trying to actually celebrate with the Cavaliers team after they won? Did he? <laughs> and Tyron Lue had to tell him, listen, man, you're not on the team anymore. You're, you're weirding us out a little bit here. We'll you, send you, you the ring in the mail. Part, yeah, but uh, you need to leave. Not, not tonight. Not tonight, Anderson. But he's a longtime Cavalier. You know, NBA journeyman, you got to respect that. Good career. And he's under contract with the Warriors still, isn't he? So could be a threat to get a ring next year as long as he doesn't weigh them down too. So LeBron brought the championship to Cleveland. He's gone, right? He's, he's leaving or do you think he'll stay? Where, where, where's your most likely destination for LeBron 2017? The Jazz. <laughs> the Jazz. <laughs> The Utah Jazz. <laughs> any any reason behind that? Any anything? LeBron for the first half of his career. Well, maybe not the first half, but towards him leaving Cleveland, the guy's a villain. He was a villain. He went to Miami, became a super villain, along with noted criminals Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch. Now he's all about rehabilitation. He's getting older. He's a little more mature. What city deserves a championship more than the Utah Jazz? Yeah, no, and no one, no one hates him for going to Utah. Nobody hates Utah. There's nothing to hate. Only Cavs fans hate him, but Cavs fans get over it. He'll come back and play when he's like 45. And yeah, I Cavs think Cavs fans are, back are on pretty it. jaded. Plus, LeBron could kind of burn Cleveland the same way they lost the Browns franchise all those years ago. He could just pack up and leave in the middle of the night and in the celebration aftermath of their championship. They might not notice he's gone for at least a couple of months. <laughs> Training camp will roll around and everyone will wonder where LeBron is. And since there's no media in Utah, nobody will ever know. That's a hot take. I got, I got one. It's warm, lukewarm. I think the only place he leaves to stays in Cleveland with the Browns. He wants to bring he's a championship in every sport <laughs> to the Browns. He uh he's not really the Michael Jordan of baseball yet. That's that's not that's his sport number three. So he's going Browns next season. NFL champions. Okay, Greg, what position does he play for the Browns? Tight end. Tight end. Picture a better he's a perfect athlete for a tight end. Fast, tall, good hands. Strong. He's blocking Crybaby. For sure. You think he can block O lineman? The guy is a brick wall. And it would be D lineman. <laughs> he's also no way he's strong enough. He does not block a defensive end. 
Yeah, he does he not block Von Miller coming around the he edge. Does. Strength, quickness combined, the power he can make. He is a top five tight end in the league. Now, see, if this actually happens, I think Rex Ryan's going to be really disappointed because he was the one who wanted him on the Bills in the first place. Yeah, but he's a he's a believe land guy. He wants to just bring them all the glory, you know? Maybe he'll, by the end of his career, he'll be in three sports currently as much as he can. Overlap. Playing all three seasons, though. Now, who would you rather have? LeBron as your tight end? Or on a soccer team, have Usain Bolt as your striker? Pick LeBron at tight end. Yeah. Usain Bolt, have, have you seen that guy play any sport? He's pretty quick. He, he played at the NBA All-Star Charity game. He took about seven steps and dunked it. The guy can. The guy's an athlete. The guy is fast. The guy is quick, but he, he can't coordinate his movements to do any sports. LeBron played high school football and was exceptional. Which one's better at hockey? I, I don't think either of them can skate. <laughs> Wild good thing, card. Good thing Cleveland does not have a professional. Kevin Love's player. better than LeBron at hockey. Would you take that money? Take that bet? Yeah, I'd go. I'd go Kevin Love on that. <laughs> anyway, hockey, hockey sports great equalizer. Nobody can play it. Seventy three and nine season. Does it matter anymore? Scottie Pippen shirt. Seventy two and ten don't mean a thing without that ring. I don't think anyone's even going to remember this. Fun fact for you: now in every major professional sport, the team with the best regular season record. No championship. Wow. So being the best is really something you don't want. You want to be a close second. Now, why do you think? Do you think it's just the pressure of performing so well that everybody already expects you to win the championship? That you just end up blowing it because you've put so much expectations on yourself? Yeah, and I think teams overdo it with trying to break the record. Like the Warriors this year, down the stretch, they had the conference clinched forever. They probably should have rested Curry. Yeah, Curry did not look like himself. He looked tired, at least, if not riddled with nagging injuries. It's just it, it's too long of a schedule to really play out the whole thing and play all the playoffs. Baseball especially, that many games. There's no way you can perform that well in the regular season. Plus, sports are just so random. At the end of the day, the outcome of games is still largely up to chance. I mean, if you have a big mismatch in teams yeah it's probably pretty easy to predict the winner but I guess that's why they're so interesting is that there's always the chance that hey this juggernaut record-setting team might not actually win March Madness you're describing March Madness I'm a big I'm a big March Madness guy yeah you do have to love it we'll get into that we'll get into that hard if we uh stick around for the pod until next March yeah definitely watch out for it we could do our March Madness preview. Who you got right now? Winning it next year. Gonzaga. Book it. <laughs> you got Gonzaga. Book it. <laughs> okay. Hey, could you have predicted Florida Gulf Coast U making the Sweet 16 two years ago? Could you have predicted Michigan State getting upset in the first game last year? But Gonzaga to win it all, man. Anything could happen, man. That's okay, sports. Okay. Anything could happen. It's possible. I'll take UNC. Oh, that's a real, real hot take of a pick there, Greg. Really risk taking. 
Hey, they're losing some players. They're still one of the best teams in the entire. They could get banned. NCAA. Though. That's what the, if we're what, what, what are they that, getting banned like for? Twenty percent chance that they get banned. What's going on with that? They've been under investigation for about give or take one hundred years. And, uh, <laughs> when you're the these, best, they're, 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 hey, they're when you're the king, up. everybody's coming for you. Yeah, they got to, once they have a down year, NCAA is cracking down. They're banned once they're already not going to make it. You know, now real bands or or the way you know some teams say. We're taking ourselves out of the tournament this year, even though they're not even going to win their own conference. They're not even close to qualifying for the tournament. Yeah, we'll see. They might self-impose it if they have a down year coming up. But yeah, I think the NCAA is going to keep investigating until it's a down year anyway. All right, just to wrap up the NBA Finals, we'll throw in a little NHL here. J.R. Smith, Phil Kessel... Probably, probably two of the guys you want to win the championship most. Yeah, really likable guys. Who, who are the last two guys that made you that happy seeing them win it all? Oh, that's a tough one. I'd have to go with first one, Chris Bosh. I mean, the guys, he looks like a velociraptor. The Raptors were his team. It's just unfortunate they could never get it done with him. So it was cool to see him win. You just love ex-Toronto guys. Hey, you got to show love for your team. Oh, speaking of ex-Toronto guys, did you see the story out this week of the potential Pippin for T-Mac trade the year T-Mac was going to get drafted, but Jordan vetoed the trade? Yeah, I saw that. And they went on to win another three championships. Yeah. Scotty Pippin could have gone into the Hall of Fame as a Toronto Raptor. Could have happened. T-Mac left for not much in return. If Scotty Pippen goes to Toronto, he's not Vince Carter's cousin. So maybe <laughs> they could have ma- they could have really made some noise. The dynasty. Yeah, we're looking at a whole different f- history if Michael Jordan had been playing baseball when that happened. But back to your question, Chris Bosh in the NBA, NHL. Uh, you know, they every year they have the. The classic old guy who's never won a cup that gets traded to the championship-winning team, and he's one of the first guys to receive the cup. But my pick would definitely have to be Tyler Sagan with the 2011 Boston Bruins. You know, He really put some work in, really put his time in in the league, and deserved to be there. Young guy, you know, not a cornerstone of the franchise. Got, got 19, 19 years old, you know. He hey, played. Yeah, he he did play. Had a great playoffs, and uh, it, it's good to see a career's worth of hard work pay off with a championship. My uh, my hockey player, I'm going way back, man. Phil Kessel, that's a big one for me. So I'm going back to O2, the Red Wings, the Dominator, Dominic Hasek. That's, that's my favorite player growing up. You know, that guy, Buffalo, he put everything into Buffalo. They deserve that Brett Hall in the crease goal. Doesn't count. Sabres should have been champions, but you know what? He got his ring finally as a vet in Detroit, 2 Awesome. My basketball one, a little more recently. Didn't actually play in any of the games. It was inactive. 8 Celtics. Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> now, does he get a ring if he didn't play in any of the games? Yeah, he gets a ring. And his post-game press conference, that brings joy to anyone when he was asked about it. And he basically said... Just how happy he was and how it didn't matter. He 
He said in 10 years, he's going to tell everyone he played 10 minutes. 20 years, he's saying he was a starter in 40 years. He was the finals MVP. You got to look up that that interview. One of the one of the greatest sound bites of all time. Brian Scalabrini hoping, A, he's alive in 40 years, and B, the internet has ceased to exist. Great guy. Great championship. But you got to be happy for JR and Phil. Yeah. Two really good guys. Definitely deserved it. Phil, keep eating hot dogs. JR, don't let anybody tell you to wear a shirt. I don't care how many golf courses you play at. The NHL Finals wrapped up two weeks ago. Crosby and the boys beat the Sharks in Game 6 to win the Cup. What are your thoughts on the game, Luke? This Pittsburgh Penguins championship team might be, and now I say might be, my least favorite championship team of all time. If Phil Kessel hadn't been on this team, I they take the crown for my most hated championship team of all time. I mean, they weren't even dominant. They weren't... Their blue line... That fun to watch. Behind Latang was just atrocious. I had a rookie goalie. Don't understand. He got hot. Well. He got hot for just long enough. Uh, I think they're extremely lucky to play the way they did for that long and frankly, just undeserving. Yeah, it's not the best championship in recent memory of the NHL. And yeah, there's not a lot to say about Phil it. Phil really. Kessel absolutely robbed. Of the finals MVP, Conn yeah. Smythe Trophy. Oh, definitely. And it was close. It was the closest it's been in years. But Phil Kessel, yeah, most points. Got to get it if you're not giving it to a goalie. But Crosby gets somehow the benefit of the doubt on, you know, the fame behind him. I, yeah. I still think this is just ridiculous. Just the icing on the cake of the worst tasting championship cake of all time. You know what, let's talk about something a little more upbeat, a little more exciting. Vegas, getting an NHL team. Yeah, you heard, we called it here first, folks. You heard on the last episode, we broke the news that Vegas would be getting a franchise. What are we calling them? What's, what's their nickname? Now, they're not allowed to pick an official name until October, but if I were in charge of naming them, they would be the Las Vegas Slot Machines. Interesting. I I don't think it'll catch. No, and uh, yeah, apparently logo. gambling, gambling related names were a big no. I'm thinking the Nevada Knights. Taking the Las Vegas name right out of it. Sounds good though, Nevada Knights, right? But see, is and there anyone like, in Nevada like outside of but it's Utah? Not quite alliteration. And, and biggest rivals going to be the Kings. Kings versus Knights. You know, they're already an underdog. People are going to love that. That's why you got to have Las Vegas in there. Las Vegas, Los Angeles. You got to have the names a little more similar. And the team owner. Look up what he owns. Okay, so the owner of the Las Vegas slot machines, or Nevada Knights, as Greg wants to call them. His name's Bill Foley. He's won a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, nope, this is the wrong Bill Foley. <laughs> All right, so the real Bill Foley, William P. Foley II, is the owner of the Las Vegas NHL team. He was born and raised in Texas, spent time in Ottawa, where he learned how to play hockey and gained a lifelong appreciation for the sport, according to Wikipedia. He's the chairman of the board for Finality, blah, 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 and Black Knight Financial Services. The Knights. The Black, the Black Knights. Knights. even. I just... 
Hey, it is, is Martin good. Lawrence going to be their their but mascot? It's not alliteration, right? So you can make a cool logo with that, like a little, you know, Nevada NK, Nevada Knight. Sounds good. Looks good. Already an underdog to the Kings. Can't beat that. So the Chase Utley rule strikes again, getting Kevin Pillar from the Toronto Blue Jays. Luke, uh, I already know how you're going to feel about this one. Let, let them know how you feel. The Chase Utley rule is, without a doubt, the worst rule in the history of rules. Based on what? Putting stars on the Jewish people in Nazi Germany in 1930s was not as bad a rule as this rule is currently in the MLB. The commissioner hates the Blue Jays. Is any other team suffering the effects of this rule? Or is it just the Blue Jays? I mean, the rule is just not well defined. The rule is is not broken. Pilar slides into second, holds onto the base, stays on the base. Sure, his back goes up a bit and he impedes the throw, but it's not a dangerous play and he doesn't overslide the base. By definition, he doesn't break the rule. The, the umpires just decide the rule is broken because he makes contact with the other player. So now you can't touch anyone. It's soft. The MLB is becoming soft. It's, it's already the softest sport. It's It's... Another fun play out of the game, and they don't even know how to define the rule. I think one of the biggest consequences of all this, beside the conspiracy to end the Blue Jays' streak of making playoffs. <laughs> it's a big streak. Yeah, one. Streaks have to start somewhere. People forget. What do you think, AL East? Do you think they can get three teams in? Undoubtedly. The you strength think- of the AL East this year is unmatched. Really? I think Boston can't pitch. And yeah, they have but had they- the hottest hitting, and that's... Got to drop a bit, but... How do you think the Jays made playoffs last year? They had okay pitching. Boston has two starters and three other guys. <laughs> three other guys. <laughs> we'll never know their names. <laughs> the history books won't remember them. Yeah, I think Baltimore... But no, the, the biggest loser... Sorry. Toronto. Boston and Toronto get in, but... Baltimore doesn't. No. Ah, fuck. Oh, okay. I'm trying to get the explicit tag here. Yeah, I meant Baltimore, Toronto in, Boston out because they don't have good enough pitching. Back to what I was saying about the Chase Utley rule, though. The biggest loser, other than the Blue Jays, is Chase Utley. I don't have anything against this guy, but if I hear the name one more time, Chase Utley rule, and Blue Jays in the same sentence, I might start hating Chase Utley. Well, here's the thing. Chase Utley has had a solid career in Major League Baseball. He's now remembered... For a slide into second that broke a guy's ankle. He's been hot this year, and he will never shake that name. It's like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, great career. Remembered for crying at his Hall of Fame speech. (laughs) See, my favorite part of the crying Jordan meme, for those who don't know, Michael Jordan cried at his Hall of Fame induction, which... I think everyone were has seen most movie. likely happy tears. No, like can, they were, can yeah, we get that? That's the the biggest confusing thing that now his face is being plastered over any anything anyone that is deemed a loser in social media gets crying Jordan. Yeah, it's. it's Do you know how many Jordan crying wins? Jordan Brexit memes I saw this week? The royal baby had a crying Jordan on its face. Everyone gets it. There's apps where you can do it and put crying Jordans on your friends. I have that app. There you go. I, I put one on Harambe the gorilla. 
But Michael Jordan was happy when that picture got taken. I mean, yeah, it definitely looks like he's bawling his eyes out. And for a guy that acted like such a tough guy his whole career, it's definitely an an interesting look for him. But I, for one, hope it doesn't go away anytime soon. And we'll definitely look forward to putting it on the Boston Red Sox when they miss out on playoffs. So I didn't hear a lot about this Sanchez story. Uh, what 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 did he get arrested for? Uh, Sanchez to the pen, as in as in bullpen. As in relief pitching, he's going to be a relief pitcher. Ah, okay, that that makes more sense. Um, so so then, uh, yeah, because white guys. Do you do you there. even do you look up the topics when we give them to you at all, or do you just kind of kind of try and make your own summary? I, I pick and choose. I pick and choose some of them. Okay, note to self: write more detailed topics <laughs> for Steve. Yeah, Josh, you really should have known. White guys don't go to prison, so. There's no way that's what the story was actually about. All in all, yeah, it could be Mexican. Watch the games, Josh. Watch the games. Wait, wait. Watch the games. He he does have the accent on his jersey. That's a movement. You know that, right? Accents on jerseys? Yeah, in the MLB. Who else is doing it? Agons. Adrian Gonzalez for the Dodgers, first baseman. Real good player. He's leading the charge. He wants the Spanish accents on the MLB jerseys just to show their nationality, show their pride. Maybe jerseys with accents only allowed for starters. Why? Well, you know, baseball hates change. The game's been around for so long. <laughs> Other than this damn Chase Utley rule, you don't see them adding too many rule changes every year. Game loves heritage, though. It does. Stick to the roots. American heritage. I like to see the accents on the jerseys a lot more than I like to see the fourth and just the four lines or like the junior, you know? Yeah. A little more interesting. In a couple of years, there's going to be people that are the sixth. They're going to have like the, the <laughs> V, the one. Like, how far does this go? I mean, the league's got to love it. Other than, as you said, heritage reasons. I've got to buy a whole new Sanchez jersey now. <laughs> I don't own one yet, but... Now I'm thinking the non-accent Sanchez jersey is a collector's item, but not a starter. I'm not buying your jersey. So Sanchez, now if he gets sent down to the bullpen, say mid-August, what do you you sell his jersey right away? Uh, definitely put it into the cupboards and keep it there for a few years. Anyway, though, in in but all, why why are they doing this? Has he not been one of their best pitchers this year? He has been. He's a young guy. It's his first year starting and. They want to put an inning cap on him like a lot of guys do. It's, In my opinion, it's dated studies. There's not really a lot of evidence behind sitting a guy down, moving to the bullpen, limiting his innings, and how it prevents in- injuries. But what I don't get, skip, skip a few starts. Skip some starts now. Skip some starts through July. Well, see, they don't want to put the heavier load on their other starters. They'd throw, rather call a different Throw amount. Drew Hutchinson in for some spot starts. Don't make him a full-time starter. Put this guy in the pen to limit his innings. It makes him work more. He's going to work more often. He's going to work more days. It's a different kind of stress on his arm. Why not just right now skip a start? Right now, yeah, he's pitching well. Take him out at the end of the sixth. They need this guy for playoffs as a starter. That's been his role all season. He's been a top two pitcher on the team. They need to keep him around to bail out Dickey when one of his starts goes into the toilet. Yeah, I mean, he might do some long relief. He might be kind of effective, but I don't know. I really like Sanchez the starter, and 
I think it'd be a crazy decision to take that role away from him. Gather around you all because it is now hot takes time for all. If you want, you can tweet us your hot takes at GTimeDecision with the hashtag hot takes. First off, we're, we're talking about the NHL. No Canadian teams made the playoffs this year. I don't see any of them making it next year either. Leafs? Nope. Oilers? Nope. Canucks? Nope. Where's he going with this? Jets? Nope. Sens? Maybe. <laughs> the Sens. The Sens. Maybe. But you don't see any of them. Flames? Maybe. I got I got four nobes and four nobes, three, three maybes. maybes. Okay. And no guaranteed. I mean, can Price carry a team to the playoffs? Yeah. Does Montreal have a playoff caliber team in front of him? Nope. The Sens were in the playoffs and they pretty much kept the same roster and dropped off. Do they have what it takes? Probably not. Uh, they added Dion Phaneuf. It's a big ad right there. Yeah. From non-playoff team to non-playoff team. <laughs> we could be looking at that. And the Flames, like, they they just have enough grinders. They have enough heart that they could the sneak The Flames added Brian Elliott. Low-key, one of the best goalies in the league. Well, they the went from no years. goalies to having a good goalie. So, yeah, the, the Flames might be the best I'm bet. taking the Flames as my pick to make the playoffs next year. But and what? Dark Horse, the Leafs. Over, under, two. 2.5. We'll Push. See. Oh, under. Under 2.5. You think two? Yep. Two's my Leafs number. won't make it. They're my dark horse. But if I gunned to my head, flames and habs. You? I'll put just the flames in. One. It's an All improvement, right. I guess. But yeah, they, they... Four of the teams are in complete rebuilds right now. And the other three are hard maybe, so... I don't even think you can call Vancouver a rebuild. It's more of a tire fire than anything. Yeah. Anyway, to answer the question, you got to go with the eye. You got to think one one team from Canada will compete for a Stanley Cup next year, at least in the opening round. Did, yeah. Do they even win a single round? Nope. <laughs> a video came out recently about Texas A&M showing the atmosphere at one of their games. This has to be the best home field advantage in baseball. You haven't seen the video. They got this bit they do. So if a batter gets walked on four pitches on their team to the opposing pitcher, they all chant ball five, ball five, until the next batter's through, ball five gets thrown. They chant ball six, and they keep going. Apparently they've gone as high as ball 11, and they just rattle a pitcher completely. Um, Apart from that, yeah, they've got to – good team they've got a good atmosphere and a lot of people go out to the games so yeah it's got to rank highly but I don't think it's the same as college football or basketball where the fans and the atmosphere actually does compare to the professionals because these professional ballparks are are massive they're huge there's more fans there's more going on and there's more games there's more happening I think in all of baseball no in NCAA baseball yeah, I think it's got to be number one. I think you're wrong. Give me this home field advantage in any arena, any stadium in baseball. Wrigley, is, 
Wrigley Field oh, 2017. This is World so Series. ruthless. This is the most ruthless thing I've ever heard a crowd do. You see people waving their hands at a basketball game behind the net during a free throw. Does that ever actually bother people? Think about how much pressure is on a pitcher at one time. He knows he's thrown six, seven, eight balls in a row. When you're chanting it, when you've got 20,000 fans chanting it to him in his ear the whole time, I mean, it's got to be confidence shattering. This is worse than when Michael Jordan dared Muggsy Bogues to shoot and he airballed it and his shot was never the same. This is got to be one of the most rattling things to deal with in all of sports. Does it hurt A&M though? Because if you're up to bat next, you're sure as heck not swinging. You're taking balls. It's a free strike if you can throw a strike on that fifth one. Do you think when they get that high that any pitcher is thinking that? I think you'd have to have very good presence of mind to be aware of that. If I'm a pitcher, I'm up there thinking, Jesus Christ, this next ball better this next throw better be a strike. Yeah, well if I'm if I'm throwing that fifth ball to the next guy, I'm thinking he's not gonna swing at this because he loves what the crowd's doing. I'm throwing a fastball middle middle and you better hope at that level they can hit it. But yeah, no, it's an unreal atmosphere there. The crowd's crazy, and that's that's just a great bit. Alicia Curry, wife of Steph, recently tweeted out in the NBA Finals that the NBA is absolutely rigged. I disagree. Before we get started on Aisha and her theories, let's talk Steph. I mean, the guy didn't come through in the Finals. It seemed like every play on Cleveland on offense ball screen to get Steph Curry as the primary defender and then they would just take it to him and it didn't really seem like he'd stop anything. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't deserving of the finals MVP or anything. Yeah, but he couldn't guard at all and they they would just they clearly set it up. So Steph Curry's guarding the ball. They try and hide him, they try and put him on Shumpert, try and put him on the weakest offensive player, but they had to stop switching. Anyway, more Steph Curry. We talked about his pregame antics before. After this finals, seeing how, you know, kind of poor his performance was. What do we think? Maybe that's his audition to play in other sports. You think MLB teams are now seeing, wow, he throws a basketball pretty hard. Let's sign him up for next year. <laughs> Guy looks you. pretty good at bowling, pretty good at volleyball. Maybe it's his job application right there. <laughs> The Olympics are coming up. There could be a spot for him on a different team, you know. Zika, still definitely a big threat and a reason why a lot of the NBA players aren't going. But Steph, yeah, maybe bowling's for you. Steph. When bowling starts paying $30 million a year, give Steph Curry a call because he'll be interested. Steph, low-key, looking for his next job opportunity. You heard it here first, folks. Steph Curry's done with basketball. Back to Aisha, though. Steve, you just dropped your first opinion. I don't know. I feel like like it's it's any sport, right? Is the WWE rigged? Yeah, but that's that's more of a... Is it a sport? Is wrestling a sport, Josh? Real wrestling is. This is that's not wrestling, though. That's like that's like entertainment. It's like a it's like a show. You're watching a show at that point. All right, there's your moment in the limelight. Stee, everyone, Stee just gave a take on the Game Time Decision podcast. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. Add him on Facebook if you want. Stee. Please don't add me on Facebook. Stee. 
All right, Josh, you are dead wrong about this. Dead wrong, buddy. And let me tell you why. First of all, wrestling, not a sport. <laughs> you can get the hell out of here right now. I love wrestling. It is arguably America's greatest sport. Definitely a sport. Yeah, absolutely a sport. If you're putting wrestling in the not a sport category, along with chess and tennis, that's baffling. Tennis? I don't think anyone's ever argued against tennis. All right, man. Emotions Chess are getting doesn't better. doesn't really fit in there. Let me take you back. 2008. Chicago Bulls finish in the mid-teens that year. Eligible for the draft lottery. Nobody really expects them to make it. But... I think they're at seven. Okay. A little higher than I had originally thought. Still, pretty pretty low odds of getting the first overall pick. But isn't... The projected first overall pick this year, a young boy out of Chicago known as Derrick Rose. And guess who won the draft lottery that year, people? I'll spoil it for you. The Bulls did, and they got their hometown hero. Cleveland Cavaliers, when they won the lottery for LeBron, rigged. D. Rose, talking of D. Rose, you know. Oh, we'll get it's to that. It's kind of funny that we'll, we'll get to that. he's now irrelevant enough that we don't, we don't even talk about him in the weekly roundup. He was MVP. Right. How long ago? Three years. Four years. And now he's nothing. He's kneeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's anatomically accurate, but he's definitely not the player he used to be. The NBA's rigged. Anthony Davis to the Pelicans. Rigged. All these franchise-saving guys. Going to their teams, rigged. And that's just the draft. If you're trying to tell me games aren't rigged, you're dreaming. You pay the refs. Fouls, light fouls called. Draymond getting suspended in game five. Oh my God. Does he get, does he get suspended if it's a 2-2 series? No. Absolutely not. He doesn't. They're, they're, the NBA is not rigged per se, I don't think, but... They do what they can to make it exciting. Was Kobe Bryant ever going to lose his last game? No. I'd say definitely not. They tell the Jazz, you know, play as hard as you want for three quarters, but Kobe's taking over. Play as hard as you want for three quarters, and we'll give you LeBron this summer. By the way, Kobe's... <laughs> He's Kobe. going to the Utah Jazz. <laughs> that's the trade. That's, that's the trade right there. One game for Kobe's career, get LeBron. Rigged. The NBA is rigged. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, what I think they do, they... They want the excitement, so they generate excitement by not ruining the integrity of the game, but they want it to be as exciting as possible, so they, they tamper with it enough to make it exciting. And this time around, they changed the entire series. If Draymond plays game five, it's over. You're a Draymond fan now. I'm not saying he definitely would have won the game for them, but I don't think... The Cavs get the momentum back, even with a win against Draymond that game. All I'm saying is, if you're going to rig the games, at least cut me in on the action. Yeah, I mean, I've I, got student loans to pay for. Someone's got to call them out. Someone's got to make make basketball fun again, I guess. No, it's it's fun. They're making it fun. That's their goal. But yeah, Adam Silver, I know you listen to this podcast. Come on, man. Send me a text sometime. I want, I want a middle-of-the-line player who's like struggling to get his next contract just to come out hard, like saying it's rigged, just 
be everywhere, make himself a huge figure in the media. I think that would be fun. I'm waiting for Brian Scalabrine's tell-all in a couple years when he drops the bomb on us. Could happen. Now it's time for winners and losers. Greg, do you got a winner for me? I got Tim Lincecum as a winner. Um, it's just great to see him returning to baseball, and it's great to see he's throwing over 90 again. Uh, he was with the Giants for their championship runs. 2010, he was the ace of the squad. He was a reliever in 2012 and 2014, but he was still a huge player in both of those championships. And he's just an all-around like underdog story. His nickname, The Freak, makes sense. I mean, a 5'11 guy, 170 pounds, who just, he's thrown as hard as 99 in his career. Sagged out of the league, but now he's back. And do I think the Angels are going to be anything? Is it kind of a last-ditch effort to get Mike Trout to want to stay there, to make it make sense? Because they're wasting his the prime of his career on the Angels, a team that isn't even really in contention for the playoffs. Yeah, but I think for Lincecum, it's good for the kid. He's not a kid anymore, but he's young enough to pitch, and he's got one good start, one bad start. I think he finished out the season as a starter. My winner this week... D'Angelo Russell. Who saw this coming? For those of you who haven't seen it yet, there's a new Foot Locker commercial where Ben Simmons gets to meet Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, among others, you know, first year vets in the league. And they're giving him advice on what the NBA is going to be like. D'Angelo Russell's advice, predictably, is to get rid of your cell phone, and he proceeds to throw Ben Simmons' cell phone into the ocean. This is fantastic. You know, not only is he really rehabilitating his image simply by acknowledging what happened, but Swaggy P, Nick Young, a.k.a., he's single. This week, Nick Young and Iggy Azalea called it quits. Iggy, in a long, heartfelt Instagram post, Nick Young with a one-word tweet, single. So... They were going to break up anyway. D'Angelo just sped things up. I think D'Angelo has to be Nick Young's winner of the week too. Greg, what do you think? Well, D'Angelo's got to be a winner because Nick Young's happy. If Nick Young is sad and torn up about this breakup, D'Angelo's a loser. He was the main part of that. Like he, He's the issue. Nick Young, loving life right now. Thank you very much, D'Angelo. <laughs> Thank you for... Making me and my fiance front page news by filming me while I was talking about my infidelity. He realized what he wants. Nick Young is now happy, single, doing him. D'Angelo got him there. Now, do the Lakers need to get rid of either one of these players now? Swaggy P is a borderline contributor at the NBA level. Single Nick Young, though. That guy's a threat. He wants to drain as many threes as he can to make it onto Sports Center. Yeah, he's a he's a highlight reel, but he's also a volume shooter that misses a lot of shots, and I don't know if he's got a place too much longer in the league. With Kobe gone, I think they can afford someone else who's missing that many shots a game. They got a good young core in LA. Just drafted Brandon Ingram with D'Angelo. Arguably the best player Julius in the draft. Julius Randle. But we'll save that for our draft special podcast. But this team could be dangerous now. 
as long as D'Angelo makes sure to stay off of his phone. They won't be dangerous now. We'll give them three years dangerous. You heard it here first, folks. The NBA's Toronto Maple Leafs. My loser this week, Warriors coach Steve Kerr. As it came to light, a tweet he sent out a couple years ago saying, quote-unquote, if I had to pick someone to take an on-the-road Game 7 winning shot, it would be number one, LeBron, number two, KD, and number three, Joakim Noah. And he went on to say about how Noah is an amazing player. This was two years ago. It's a bad Steph day. Curry was already good. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't a game-winning shot. It was it was to play in the full game. Okay, sorry, that's my bad. But uh, he had Steph Curry on his team. Well, and what's Joakim Noah doing there, man? Joakim Noah is a great player, always was, but he's the guy you want in a game seven. I mean, Kobe was good then. Wade was better then. There's a there's a list of really good players in the league, and KD, man, when's that guy seen the finals once? Didn't go so hot. Did you hear this rumor about Joe Kim Noah potentially being offered a max deal? No, I did not. Yeah, The uh, New York Knicks money. are looking to add Joe Kim Noah. And not only add him, but add him on a max deal. Be big news, man. A lot of that team, 2011, fantastic. <laughs> You've now got injured Derrick Rose. I mean, I just presume he's already injured. He'll play 50, 60 games. You've got Really old Joe Kim Noah. They're also looking to add Pau Gasol. Not on a max deal, mind you. But Is this the worst contract of all time? If the Knicks do this, would this be the worst contract of all time? I think Gilbert Arenas is still getting paid by the NBA. (laughs) Just the NBA, a collective payment. I mean, I think it's the Magic. The (laughs) Magic are still giving about 20 mil a year. That might have run out, but there's been worse contracts. I, I guess so. It'll all depend on how this plays out. Our last loser this week, Jake Arrieta. He made a bet with teammate Tommy Lasella about the College World Series. Let's just say Coastal Carolina beat his alma mater, TCU, and Arietta now has to get a tattoo of Coastal Carolina on his body. Yikes. How big? does it? Did it specify in the bet? Um, Like, it's it's... Not a big one. It's I think it's any size, and it's not like he has to get it in a weird spot or anything. I think he can keep it pretty hidden. And yeah, see that that would be my biggest. I'd bet a tattoo. It's an L. I I bet a tattoo, size, and location. Definitely the two biggest factors for a tattoo. If I get a tattoo on the back of my calf, you know, maybe even the back of my thigh, shorts on. Nobody's seeing that. Yeah, I mean the quote is that it's on a body part that's visually acceptable. Visually acceptable. What does that mean? I mean, that can be interpreted different ways. But Forehead yeah. tattoo, Coastal Carolina. <laughs> just got its biggest I mean, advertisement. I don't, I don't think Jake Arredo would agree to that, but yeah. Sucks. Sucks for him. Yep. That's an L, Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta is now... Great pitcher. Bad better. 11-3 and three on the season. <laughs> the extra L in there for those keeping score at home. Now it's time for a long shot this week. Luke, what do you got for us? Long shot of the week. For those of you who've been following Euro 2016, pretty major soccer tournament, miraculously, Northern Ireland made it this far. Unfortunately, 
taking a loss this afternoon at the hands of France. You know, Paul Pogba, Benzema-less France have been doing much better than I think anyone thought they'd be able to. Largely at the feet of Dimitri Payet. Aside from that, you know, my original long shot <laughs> leading into the podcast, Northern Ireland, I thought they'd be able to beat France, but now it's switched to Iceland. Still around, still kicking, you know, pretty small population in Iceland, not a big country, but managed to serve, well, managed to do well enough to make it here, and here's my prediction. England is going to take two L's this week, Brexit and at the hands of Iceland. You know where to put your money. Greg? Oh, I I like this Iceland team a lot. I, I'm going to root for them the whole way. They played Portugal to a draw. You know, Ronaldo, one of the best players in the world, had a bad post-game press conference where he was talking about the team, and he was, like, basically bashing them. How can a team be happy with a draw? Like, if you want to be a world-class team, you can't be happy with a draw. Let's take some context into this Iceland team, a tiny nation that's never been here before. Yeah, you know what, Ronaldo? You should be really disappointed that you had a draw against Iceland. Don't bash that team. They, they have every right to celebrate that. That's a huge accomplishment for them. And you know what? I, hate, I hope they go farther in this tournament than Portugal. Did you see the reporter that asked Ronaldo about his performance the other day? And he responded by throwing the reporter's microphone into the lake. Ronaldo has taken some L's in this UEFA tournament. I mean, 78th minute misses a penalty kick. Are you kidding me? He's he's had this team feeds him the ball every time. He has every chance to score. He hasn't capitalized. I think the real reason Portugal's not doing well enough, Pepe. <laughs> Pepe, the star, the unsung hero of Portugal. He's got to step up his game. Now it's time for innovations. Change of the game one rule at a time. Greg, what do you got for us? Here's what needs to be a thing. It needs to be a big thing, and it needs to be a thing in all major sports. Coaching trades. <laughs> Coaching trades. Coaching trade. They need to be included in trades with players. They need to be traded straight up for one another and not just compensated for with draft picks. Think about it. Steve Kerr, he's washed up now, man. Warriors don't want him. Guess who just signed with the Lakers? Luke Walton. That's an easy trade right there. Lakers want the more established guy. That's a trade. Luke Walton knows that Warriors team, brings him to glory. Another guy, Tom Thibodeau, fired by, fired, kind of, let go by the Bulls. Signs seems like a perfect fit in Minnesota for the Timberwolves. Why not make that a trade? Why not throw someone, you know what, the Bulls can trade for him. Doesn't have to go through the firing. I mean, I don't think the Bulls want to fire the guy. Do you think the Bulls want anyone from the basement team? <laughs> or do you think the Bulls want anyone from the basement T-Wolves staff? It doesn't have to be for staff. Player for coach trades. Anything. Anything goes. <laughs> coaches should be Coaches for same. cash trades. Coaches, same as players. Coaches are players in trading. Buffalo offers Jack Eichel for Mike Babcock. You doing that trade? Not if I'm Buffalo. <laughs> no. But, yeah, I think it's got to be a thing. I think way too many coaches are just getting fired for no reason and Teams may not be the right fit with them anymore, but these coaches have values. Show them some, some respect. Give them a trade. That's it for the pod this week. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at GTimeDecision. And remember, pro, pro wrestling is not a sport. Mm-hmm.